Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly. Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one free beaker per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing, and tell them Nuana's Now sent you. Hey there, Nuana's Now. Watch your 90 ESPN Missoula, stay wide, SWX Montana Television. Let's say thing in the first hour of the show, jam-packed one. We had interviews with Kent Haslam, University of Montana Athletic Director, Leon Costello, Montana State Athletic Director, Director Jeff Choate, Montana State Head Football Coach, Bobby Houck, Montana Head Football Coach. Also from Mike Dugar the, from The Athletic, recapping the Seattle Seahawks segment, our last 12 for the 12s for this year. We also had our weekly check-in from Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can find it on the podcast. Podcast is available on all your podcasting platforms, uh, Apple Music, 
Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Just rate, review, subscribe to Nuwana's Now and the podcast is presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. We go down to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in a good buddy of mine. I think we could say now friend of the show. A couple appearances here, both on Two Tell Nuanas and now on Nuanas Now. I guess a debut appearance on Nuanas Now, but he is Parker Gabriel. He covers Nebraska football for the Lincoln Journal Star in Lincoln. Parker, my man, how you been doing, my man? Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Good to be here. Uh, I'm doing well. How you doing? Good, buddy. I mean, it was a, a day that I knew was coming for a long time with the cancellation of football uh, for the spring season, at least for the Montana schools. But nonetheless, a busy one. You know how that goes. We're going to get into Samari Torre, former Montana Grizzly wide receiver, transferring to Nebraska. But first, I just got to get your take on this. I've been meaning to text you about this. You're a good basketball fan, my man. So you got to tell me, what do you think of James Harden to the Nets? <laughs> yeah, uh, well that there's you know there's graceful exits and then there's that um, <laughs> no doubt but i think it's, i mean i don't know it all depends on it just depends on how he plays right and how that works that i have a hard, I have a hard time believing that it's gonna all be smooth in brooklyn but you can't deny on the other hand that as the season goes on i mean you know, you got those three guys on the same court together. I mean, they're they have a chance now to, and they they already had a chance before they got them. They're obviously going for it. Um, and if they can figure out a way to make that work in Brooklyn, then um, you know they're, they're going to be dangerous um, in the spring. Um, it just is a, it just is a, it was amazing how fast. I know it had been you know simmering and all that it had been problematic for the year, but man, it. Uh, it ruptured pretty quickly after he made those comments the other day. If you want to get a new job, all you got to do is wear a fat suit during warm-ups. I digress. Let's talk <laughs> Samari Torre to Nebraska. You've been on this for a little while. We've been actually texting about it. And uh, the day that Samari Torre entered the transfer portal as a graduate transfer from the University of Montana, you and I exchanged some texts saying, hey, you know, he's pretty good. I bet she's going to get some pretty big offers. And then you, you compound all of this with the fact that it has been this pandemic, which has really impacted recruiting. So start there. I mean, I feel like right now, broadly in college football in general and, you know, at, in the Big Ten at Nebraska, all of the above, coaches and, and recruiting staffs, they're kind of gravitating towards more proven commodities, right? Because there's just not a lot of high school film out there. So do you think that gave Torrey and even other guys in his situation an elevated opportunity maybe compared to other years? Yeah, I think so. But then on the other hand, the, the thing about the transfer portal this year is there are so many players in the portal. And because you're talking about, you know, anybody who's looking to be a, a scholarship transfer, I mean, you're going to count against um, the rules. And they're a little bit different at the FCS than they are uh, at the FBS. But, like, for Samari Ture, he's making the jump. It, he's going to count against somebody's cap of 25 scholarship players for the calendar or for the, the recruiting cycle. And so, you know, he's being judged in every transfer at the FBS level and the portal's being judged against the players that schools are also, you know, recruiting for that cycle. And so, you know, it's for some guys have found it harder than expected to find uh, a scholarship opportunity after they got in the portal, but that wasn't the case for, for Samari at all. I mean, he told me that within half hour of hitting the portal, he had heard, and this was in November when he first went in, uh, he had heard from, you know, Miami, Florida State, and Oregon uh, within 30 minutes of going in, and then it, it just sort of went from there. He said, you know, not everybody stuck on him all the way through, and 
people were juggling a lot of numbers and all that. But yeah, he, he was a popular target in the portal right from the start. Let's talk about the fifth University of Nebraska. Nebraska struggled throwing the ball last year. I think just five passing touchdowns, threw for less than 200 yards a game. They have a couple quarterbacks that, at least baseline, when they were coming in to college, it seemed like they had a ton of talent in Adrian Martinez and uh, and Luke McCaffrey, but not a lot of production uh, so far in the uh, Nebraska passing game under Scott Frost. So uh, how much does this Torre addition help the Cornhuskers? Well, I, th- I think, you know, it's got a chance to help a lot. And obviously, um, you know, it's going to be different for for, for Samari Torre at the Big Ten level, just the the different, you know, defenses that he's going to see, the, you know, the overall. And, and people have been asking me, okay, so tell me about the big sky. Tell me about the FCS uh, level. What kind of competition has he seen? And the best way I know how to say it is a lot of the teams, you know, that Samari Torre played against at Montana, like they had a, a guy or two, you know. He went up against corners um, that could hold up in the Big Ten. He saw, uh, a, you know, safeties here and there. Um, that are, that are drop down guys or that have a lot of talent, but you don't face a lot of secondaries, right? You don't face a whole, lot of whole groups, obviously, um, that look like Penn State secondary or that look like Iowa or Wisconsin secondary. And so, it's going to be a big challenge for him on that front. But I, I honestly think, you know, the, the question for for Nebraska that, that they have to figure out this off season is what was the root cause of their issue throwing the ball? And you know, quarterback play is definitely part of it. Um, that they struggled at times, um, you know, to make good decisions. They were turnover prone, but some of it was definitely about the weapons that they had. I mean, they've really struggled to put difference-making playmakers in place. Um, and Samari Ture is a guy who, you know, Nebraska's got another guy who was a freshman in 2020, um, six foot three, 200 pounds, um, can really run. But to raise a guy who looks like he's going to compete to be Nebraska's, like I'm not you know, not blowing smoke or anything. Like he, he's going to, he has a very good chance to be Nebraska's number one receiver uh, when, when they roll out uh, this fall. Parker Gabriel joining us on Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. He's the beat writer for Nebraska football at the Lincoln Journal Star. We're breaking down former University of Montana wide receiver Samari Torre making his way to Lincoln to play for the Cornhuskers. And I think it's an interesting fold too, Parker, because uh, maybe for people that haven't heard you on the show before or don't know your connection to Montana, you spent several years in Bozeman. That's how we got to know each other, covered Montana State football. So you do know directly the Big Sky Conference as well. I mean, you, you broke it down. He's not he Samari Torre has not played against secondaries like Penn State and Iowa yet. But how big is the jump? I mean, it, it seems as if on one hand it is a huge jump. On the other hand, his talent seems pretty translatable. I mean, just broadly, I know it's hard to predict right now, but it seems as if uh, his talent matches up with Big Ten level talent, at least uh, when you're talking about Nebraska. Yeah, I, I think that's right, and you know, it's and and the frame definitely is going to help him. You know, you'd be a little bit more concerned if he was. Uh, you know, 5'10 and doing what he did. Although, you know, there's plenty of guys. I mean, you know, Kay Johnson is a guy at the FCS level who's an All-American at South Dakota State, and and he thought about doing exactly what Samari did in terms of opting out in the fall, graduating, and then going to college. He actually declared for the NFL draft instead. But, you know, he's a he's a 5'10 guy, Parker Turner, slot guy. But I, I think that Therese, um frame will help him. And then, you know, the skill set's there. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt, and and you know we'll see. I think that he's got the ability uh, to get over the top and, and be a deep threat. Um, you know, I think you've seen over the course of his career at Montana that that he can run a lot of different routes and play 
you know, in whatever scheme, um, you know, he, he's, he's got time to learn. And so to me, like, I, I think it translates pretty well. It's just going to be a matter of at some point, uh, you know, the guy across from him that's going to jam him is, is going to be an NFL player or a borderline NFL player. And at some point, you know, the window uh, that the staff's getting thrown to him is going to maybe be a little bit smaller. You know, it's the same. It's a similar adjustment that you see guys make from, uh, you know, high school to college is obviously not that big. But, you know, every level you step up, there are the the adjustment is uh, a little bit different. Things just happen a little bit faster. But overall, I mean, I think, you know, you look at the production and what he did and the way that he did it. Um, and, and I think he's got a great chance to, to see that translate, you know, well uh, to the field of the Big Ten. For a long time at the University of Montana, and even before the Montana hit its heyday, you know, in the mid-'80s through the late-2000s, Montana always produced a ton of NFL players. And by a ton, I mean a ton by Division One, AA and or FCS standards. But I think there was 240 guys from the Grizzlies that played in the NFL during the 20th century. When you talk about Bobby Houck's first uh, tenure at Montana, I think he put 23 guys on the NFL rosters at one point or another. And th- there was a moment in time where there was about 10 active guys each, in, each year in the NFL for about half a dozen years. That's not the case anymore. There's no Montana players in the NFL. It's not the hot spot it once was. But in your opinion, though, Parker, d- do you feel like – Torre has told us on this show that his dream is to go play in the NFL. On one hand, you could argue, well – throwing down 1,500-yard seasons at Montana might actually get you a ton of exposure because you might win some national awards. You're going to break a lot of records. You're going to get national recognition on the FCS level. But that's a far cry from playing in the Big Ten. So on the other hand, you might argue playing in the Big Ten might give you um, way more elevated opportunities with an NFL squad. What say you? I mean, is this the the proper decision for him? Or I I guess, does this give him an elevated opportunity to make it to the league? Yeah, I mean, I think it does. You know, the... The, the challenge for NFL evaluation for any player um, is to measure the production against what they face, right? I mean, that's that's what evaluators are facing with Trey Lance from North Dakota State, the quarterback. And you're talking about an extremely limited amount of film, 17 games or whatever he's played in college. And so I guess, you know, Samari Therese proved it at the FCS level, and now he's got a chance uh, to prove it at the Big Ten level. And to me, there's a... It's been a weird year, obviously. Um, he didn't play this fall. I, you know, everyone listening knows that. Um, and so there's a – I just sort of wonder how many guys are going to not necessarily slip through the cracks, but, you know, the film from for next year is going to be really important. And so, you know, he's shown what he can do at that level. Now let's see what he can do at the Big Ten level. And, he's, and, and, and another thing he's got going for him is, He's already clearly on the radar screen uh, from at the next level, from the NFL, right? He was on the uh, Senior Bowl's top 250 list of 2021 guys. And so he's a guy who has profile, right? Like the, the NFL knows who he is. And there's a bunch of guys at the FCS level like that, but he's definitely one of them. And so to me, like, I think it's a, it's a good challenge for him, uh, and we'll see how it goes. I don't think it's necessarily make or break. I mean, if he catches 25 balls for 400 yards, that doesn't mean he can't make it at the next level. But I do think that um, it will give him an opportunity for the guys watching him at the NFL level you know, to check a couple more boxes when he goes against some really good players. 
He's Parker Gabriel, Nebraska beat writer, Lincoln Journal star. This is a completely different question, but this is about a receiver, and it's about the Big Sky Conference. While I got you here, Parker, I want to know about Darian Chase. He's a guy that entered the transfer portal, and now he ended up at Portland State. I think that he's a sleeper. No one in the league really knows about him because Portland State, they don't get a lot of coverage. But I think Portland State's a dark horse to maybe uh, make a run at the playoffs, whether it's in the spring or the fall or both, because I think they have a great quarterback in Davis Alexander. He's a four-year starter. And uh, I think they have some other pieces in place. But Darian Chase was a pretty highly recruited guy when he went to Nebraska, right? I mean, do you think he can make an impact on this side as he transfers down to the big sky? Yeah, I do think so. Obviously, it's been a while now since I've uh, seen him. I think that would have been – I think it was after the spring of 2019. Is that when he transferred? Or was I, I, th- it I think that might be right. I don't know. I've, I've been – everything. I don't remember anything in the last – Two years. I just since, I since the NCAA tournament got canceled, I don't even know what day it is. Yeah, exactly. So no, actually, you know what? He might have left after. He might have left right after the 2019 season because that that would make sense that he dropped down and then he hasn't played yet because then obviously you know he would have gone through spring ball. I think he left after the 2019 season. He would have gone through you know spring ball at Portland State, but then obviously you know the pandemic hit and and everything got messed up from there. I, I think he's a good player. You know, I haven't, I haven't had eyes on him in a while, but Nebraska liked him. You know, they, they've, they've, they, like every school have had guys leave who, you know, they were fine with leaving and they had guys who they wish would have stayed. And he was definitely in the camp of, you know, he was welcome uh, back. And he, I think he caught one ball as a true freshman, but they liked his upside. There was some adjustment uh, to the big 10 level uh, during his freshman year. He redshirted. He used the, the four game redshirt rule. Um, but he was a guy who they thought was going to be in their rotation uh, this year. And instead, um, you know, he transferred. He went to Union High uh, in in uh, Vancouver, just across the river uh, into Washington. And he's a guy who um, was really highly ranked. You know, he's one of the top ranked recruits, I think, in the Pacific Northwest, four-star guy. Um, and, and they thought he had a future at Nebraska. So that's obviously a good get. Uh, he wanted to be closer to home. Uh, and that, that's a good get for Portland State. So I'm, I'm excited. Obviously, it's been a long time since he's played in a football game, but uh, I'll be excited to see what he looks like at that level. We'll get you out of here on this, Parker. We actually have a, a pretty good contingent of listeners that uh, still follow the University of Nebraska because of the glory days in the in – the, uh, Mid '90s, when Tom Osborne was running the show, winning national championships, and obviously, you know, there's some there's some commonalities between uh, Montana, Nebraska, and and you know, just being the biggest show in town when it comes to college football. So, what is the key this next year for Nebraska getting this thing back on track under Scott Frost? Well, it's it's about the offense, which is not. I mean, if you would have said that, um, you know, that going into year four uh, under Scott Frost, that Nebraska's biggest problem would be the offense. I think a lot of people just wouldn't have believed you, but it's definitely true. I mean. The defense, you know, the defense was not great uh, in 2020, but it steadily improved, uh, and it was a top 50 basically uh, unit in the country, um, which is, you know, that's, again, that's not particularly impressive, but um, they were much better against the run. Um, they only gave up 25 percent of the third down opportunities over the second course of the season or the second half of the season. So they've made steady progress there. It's really about the offense. They've gone backwards, and and that's part of the reason. You know, you see a guy like Samari Torres. That's why I say he's got a chance to be their number one receiver. Um, Their pass efficiency has has gone down each of the past two years. Um, Their total, you know, yards per play, whatever metric you want to look at, basically they've got worse. And sort of, you know, they just they haven't they don't have very many explosive playmakers, and and they've struggled to 
to create the sort of chunk plays and explosive plays um, and big numbers that you sort of got used to seeing from, you know, Scott Frost offenses, whether it was as a head coach at Central Florida or before that um, as an assistant at Oregon. And so um, it's a really interesting offseason. The defense is going to have essentially 10 starters back. Uh, including five seniors who are using the extra year of eligibility to come back, and so that should be a pretty good unit. You know, a real a real Big Ten defense, uh, and maybe the best one Nebraska's had in you know six or seven or eight years. Um, but they've got to get it figured out on offense. So uh, it's up to it's up to Frost. It's up to the offensive coordinator Matt Lubick, another familiar name uh, from the Montana ranks, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how much they can get done uh, in a few months. Parker Gabriel. Nebraska beat writer, Lincoln Journal star. Thanks so much for being with us, buddy. Appreciate it. Great feedback, and uh, hopefully our cross paths our paths cross soon. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, we've got we've got some uh, we've got some consuming to do at some point together. So we got to we got to find a way to make it happen. Indeed, my friend. We'll get to talk to you, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Nuana is now one hundred nine ESPN Missoula statewide SWX Montana Television. <laughs> it's a flash of the past. There's two two tails walking through the door. NFL with Ryan Tutel next. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Reese is getting weird, and I love it. It's Tutel Nuanez for a minute. You're listening to Nuanez now, but Tutel's here. And uh, if you missed anything in the first hour and a half of the show, we had a whole bunch of stuff for you, a whole bunch of guests. Ken Haslam, Leon Costello. Jeff Choate, Bobby Houck, they all stopped by to talk about the uh, delay, I guess, or the, the reordering, the modification is what we're calling it, of the spring football season. Also heard from Mike Dugar of the Athletic Recap in the Seattle Seahawks season. We also, of course, heard from Carolyn, like we do every Friday, the chick who doesn't know sports. And then to lead this segment, great insight from Parker Gabriel of the Lincoln Journal Star. Uh, he covers Nebraska out there. And uh, his thoughts on Samari Toure joining the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Gus, I haven't seen you in a long time, even though I have seen you. I, we haven't actually like spoken uh, about sports, which is all we ever talk about. And so I'm so happy to have you here. Ryan Tutel in studio with me, breaking down some NFL here as we send you into your weekend. It is pleasant to be back in the chair, uh, the other chair, I guess not back in the chair, in this chair for the first <laughs> time across from you. Uh, such a stress relief to sit here and not worry about the two buttons over on that side, which I'm happy to not have to push. And it is very nice to be with all of you for a couple minutes here on a Friday uh, as we send it, as they say, uh, which I try to do a little bit of today up on the big mountain. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. We, we, we can give them a little love. What's going on at Lost Trail? Is the snow good? Lost Trail was, was, was a lot of fun. Uh, they got some snow, not yesterday, but over the course of the week going up there. But, you know, I, I'm 40 now. You, you are. Know. That's why so, you retired. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to do it. I'm just hammering groomers, just <laughs> spreading my arms wide, just feeling the wind in my head. It's beautiful. <laughs> so we we got a bunch of elevation done. We got a bunch of runs in, and we uh, skied fast, which is what I like to do. It's the only thing I can do fast. So I try and do it when I can. 
four NFL games this weekend. Two Love on it. Saturday, yes. two on Sunday. Yes. The very first one involves your Green Bay Packers. That's the right. uh, the fearless leader of this place was a little broadcasting company. Uh, she was wearing her Packers um, garb today, and she was very, very stressed out yes. about the game that is upcoming. She's definitely convinced that the Rams are going to win. What say you? I mean, what, what's your take? Because I think a lot of people thought the Rams were completely no chance last week against the Seahawks with Jared Goff not even been able to grip the ball. He didn't even start. And then all of a sudden, the other guy gets knocked out of the game. I don't even know his name. He's been so offered. Wofford gets knocked out of the game by Jamal Lewis. And then, but then Jared Goff, it wasn't because of Goff. The defense basically leads the Rams past the Seahawks into the divisional round. So what do you you think of the challenge for the top seeded Packers? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a challenge. Uh, It is the number one defense in the NFL by most statistical metrics the uh the the los angeles rams and the green bay packers are right there in the top you know top one two three of offenses in the nfl so obviously that's sort of the sexy matchup between these two if you're a packer fan the great news is jared goff is going to be playing quarterback for the (laughs) los angeles rams so you should not have any problem there on a defensive side of the ball but did you ever think the rams could beat it win a playoff game though with goff i mean goff completed like eight passes last week he he was an irrelevant factor and they still scored 30 points and won yeah i mean Last week's game was a lot more about Seattle than it was about the Rams. Man, wasn't it? I mean, that was that was that was that's. I listened to what Mike Dugar had to say. I I agreed with almost everything that he said. I mean, how good was that? This is, I mean, this is a Dugar this is got him. Yes, Dugar killed him. I mean, and, but and it, but it was justified. It's totally justified. I think this is. A, I mean, look, man, we're in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. There's eight teams left. These are all going to be great matchups, and there's there's all good teams. There's, there's no garbage left here. These are all good teams. But if you got to play somebody at home in a division round of the playoffs and you're the Packers bring on the Rams the Rams are no better than any other team and I would argue they are the they are they're certainly not as good as the Saints and probably not as good as the Bucks so if you got to pick a team to play you're the one seed of those three you probably take the Rams and roll the dice you're obviously gonna have to go out there and play a good football game you know to win it but Green Bay has that game in them I'll tell you the one matchup I'm, I cannot wait for cannot wait for Jalen Ramsey Devontae Adams it's it is it is the definition of best on best right it there. Is. And here's an amazing uh, Jalen Ramsey stat for you. Jalen Ramsey gave up 29 yards receiving per game to the guy he guarded in man to man situations. It's an extrapolated stat because he obviously played probably some quarters, some zone. But when he was in a man to man matchup, the guy he was guarding, the other team's deemed a number one receiver, mm-hmm. gained 29 yards per game. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Here's the thing that I'm starting to try and learn a little bit more and be more cognizant of. When you talk about the pass game, there's great quarterbacks and there's great wide receivers, but less often is there a great tandem. And what the <laughs> the mental connection where you don't need I don't even need to have a route pre-planned. I don't we both know we know where you're going. You know where I'm going, I know where you're going with the ball, with the route, everything. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers to me are at the top of that list and I don't know if it's close with any other two, you know, quarterback wide receiver group in the league. This is this is Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison-esque of the level of connection that they have. The the odds are already supposed to be in favor of the offense. I mean, the the, the receiver knows where he's going. The cornerback has to read and react. Jalen Ramsey's the best in the game. If anybody can do it, it's Jalen Ramsey, but he ain't playing just Devontae Adams. He's playing Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, I think that that bodes ultimately in favor of Green Bay. But I'll also say 
probably not the best matchup that that Green Bay ever wanted to have in that respect either. That's definitely true. I I have more confidence in the Packers than any team left in the playoff field. And it's because of one reason and one reason alone. Twelve. Aaron Rodgers. The last thing though about this too. I don't I don't know if you saw this, I don't know if you've even talked about this, but Aaron Donald went out of that game against Seattle for a little while. He did. He hurt himself with the quarterback. <laughs> he used Russell Wilson to hurt himself. Uh, he uh, pulled, he picked him up and yanked him so hard into his rib cage that he hurt himself with the quarterback. I've never seen something like this. And I've also never seen something like Pete Carroll's press conference. Pete Carroll went up there and it wasn't Great job by Sean McVay. Great job by the Rams. Great job. You know, we got out schemed. We got out coached. Or we didn't play well. We beat ourselves. It was none of those things. He said, we lost this game because of one reason, one reason alone. Because 99, 99. is the best player in the NFL, 99. period. So the fact that he is a little dinged up. You know, everybody says they want to play the best, you know, and, and, and you know, have the best. Not me. Let him let him be. If he could be eighty <laughs> uh, percent, he's playing. Okay, oh, he's playing. And he's going to take some special juice any, beforehand. Anything to get just even a little bit less than a hundred percent out of ninety nine would be uh, would be good. Nightcap on Saturday. This is the game of the day for sure, and it might actually be the game of the of the weekend in terms of just the evenness of the matchup. It's the Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have had a tremendous season. Uh, kudos to them for winning their first home playoff game in 25 years and for getting this game at home. But it still just it feels as if it's still the Bills as an underdog versus the Ravens, even though the Ravens are on the road. When it's been so long since you've won uh, in the playoffs, as it was for the Bills, even though the Bills were the two seed and favored over Indianapolis, I just I don't know if you can over communicate the mental mountain that was summited by a. a, a sort of a tenuous, nervous three-point win over a good Colts team, but they got the thing done. And by the way, uh, sort of, uh, you know, on the same track, Lamar Jackson finally gets his first win, and the Baltimore Ravens, who haven't won a playoff game in a long time, even though they're still the Baltimore Ravens. For sure. So I love this matchup. Now, I've told you all season, I think Baltimore is the next best team in the AFC after Kansas City. I really do, and I continue to think that. Especially now they're healthy. Now, the Bills have been... If you're going off of the evidence, this is the Bills' game to lose. The Bills look to be the better team. My opinion right now, Bills got a better quarterback. They certainly mm-hmm. have a better offense, certainly, which is crazy to say. They've been lighting people up, and they've too. been in, they, and they've been they've been playing closer to expectations defensively too. But the Ravens, who had that terrible sort of middle portion of the season, really turned the corner. Interestingly, against in that game against the Browns, that they had to have and they got it. Best game of the regular season. And have really been on a roll since that time. I think personnel-wise, to some extent, coaching, uh, and to and 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 just sort of I don't know what it is to be a Raven and the the program. I kind of like Baltimore here. I said before, I I think Baltimore, Kansas City are going to play each other. That was before this matchup here. I still think that in the in the AFC Championship game. Uh, an undertold part of the the storyline here that I think really um, helps the Bills is that. Brian Dable has been a hot name on the coaching uh, carousel, the offensive coordinator for the Bills. He's a Belichick guy who then also is a Saban guy, so that's about as hot as you can possibly get. He didn't get into the jobs that are open right now. The hires that have been made, Urban Meyer, who we haven't even mentioned yet, we're going to get into that next week, I promise. But Urban Meyer, the Jags, Robert Salada, the Jets, it wasn't Dable. That could have been something where it was a gigantic distraction in this, and it's not. So I think that that helps the Bills as well. I don't know. This is a coin flip game to me we got to talk about the other two games on Sunday, so we're going to do that right after this. It is Nuanas now. Ryan Tutel in studio with me one last time before he hits the road. 
Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly. Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one free beaker per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing, and tell them Nuanas Now sent you. Man, the weeks just fly by, especially when you're rolling solo. Just Man. so busy, it's crazy, but welcome to your weekend. Now we're into the heart of January. Ryan Tutel's with me, Coulter Nuanas, right here on Nuanas Now. i got about... Seven and a half minutes left of this glorious week, and we're going to spend all of it talking about the NFL. If you missed anything in the show today, you can find it on the podcast, all your podcasting platforms. Just search Two Tell Nuanas or Nuanas now. It's still available under both names. And uh, the podcast of this show is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Two games tomorrow, Gus. Which one do you want to start with? Let's just go in chronological order. Let's do it. Tell I can't. You got the outline, so you got to tell me what it's the uh, it's the Chiefs game up first, right? Browns Chiefs. It's the Browns game up first. <laughs> yes. Uh, I uh, was so. I mean, with my team not playing and the Seahawks losing, anyways, last weekend. Right. This you were a Browns. Fan. This Browns game was the most fun I've had watching a football game, and I can't tell you how long. I mean, this it was it was. It was the the Denver Seattle Super Bowl. Snap it over the head of the quarterback on the first play for a touchdown. Twenty eight nothing at the end of the first quarter. I'm losing I, my I mind. Got, I gotta tell you, I had a, such a weird gut feeling right before the game. Mm-hmm. This was like five minutes before kickoff, mm-hmm. and I threw twenty five bucks on the Browns and the over, <laughs> and won myself a pile of money. It was boy. so happy. Good boy. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, I cannot, in good conscience, even. Without even you know being here, I don't have to answer to anyone. I can't I can't pick the Browns to win this football no, game you can't. against the Chiefs. No, it's ten point dogs on the road at Arrowhead. No way. However, I can one hundred percent take the Browns to cover. And you know what percentage I give the likelihood that Kansas City wins this game? Fifty two percent. Ooh, even coming off a bye, Andy Reid's so good off buys. I love capital L this Browns team, uh, I, and I they are this, this you know. Team's got to have a little bit of magic, and Kansas City's had magic for about three years. I think his name's Patrick, <laughs> but they—they're the better team. Okay, they got the pedigree. They got—they got everything going for them. Okay, I get all that, but also 
to go into Pittsburgh, I don't care what the situation was with the Steelers, 17 straight losses over there at Old Three Rivers, Mm -hmm. now Hines, and get that thing done against the arch rival in the playoffs and send them home and get the first win since the 90s, since Belichick was your coach in the 90s. (laughs) Right. That, uh, there's something special, and that I never underestimate. I love the Browns in this game. I think this is going to be an exceptional game. I have, I do not believe in this number whatsoever in terms of this is going to be a blowout or something like this. I love Cleveland. Give me the Browns for sure to cover still straight up. I mean, you have to take Kansas City to win it. Here's the thing is I think that we live in such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society, and this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and I feel like when teams – like a team like the Ravens, who had a moment of being bad and then now are good, all of a sudden now they're like the hot darling at the dance. And the Bills, no one's tired of that story yet because it's brand new. And the Browns, everybody loves it. We got all these darlings, all these Cinderella's, all these previously downtrodden and, and, and the teams. the two longest drought franchises in all of football, right. the, 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 the Bills and the Browns now in divisional weekend together. Right, no question. But all because of that, though, I think we forgot that it's the Chiefs. They went 15 and 1 this no, year. No. I mean, I, I just yeah. think that we, we've grown accustomed to the greatness when in reality, they have the most viable shot to go back to back as Super Bowl champions as any team since the early 2000s Patriots. I mean, they and if they and if they do get it done, they will be remembered as one of the greatest. This is one of the greatest runs in the history of the National Football League. Oh, it it for sure is. For sure. No, no, you you're you're right. They're 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 the best team in the league. That's that's what it is. But that's the beauty of the playoffs. It is. One but game, I, I feel like, let's see what you do today. I feel like the national media, too, is everybody is so obsessed. Everybody's already busy counting Patrick Mahomes' fourth, fifth, and sixth Super Bowl rings. Oh, no. Like, let's enjoy the second one, right? Everybody's like, how many rings is this guy going to win? Hey, well, I'm he not might, uh, he might not. This might be it. This that's, might that's be right. the, the, the end of the window. He, Patrick Mahomes is going to have him in contention for 15 more years. But that doesn't mean you're going to – I mean, who would have thought right now when Aaron Rodgers – when Aaron Rodgers won one when he was – 28, who would have thought he only had one when he was 38? Totally. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm still, I, I'm not I'm not turning my back on the Chiefs. The last one, I think this is actually the hardest game of the weekend to pick. Not for it's, me. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Why not? What, what do you think? What's, I got, what's the edge? I got the Saints here all day. Why? Because of the coaching? Because of everything. They got the better quarterback. They got the better wide receiver. They got the better running back by far. They got the better coach. They got the better, eh. On their best day, the Bucs have the better defense. But, but the Bucs the, have been inconsistent. Completely. Right. In every facet. In every facet. And so, could the Buccaneers put together the performance that they had against Green Bay in the regular season and actually win this football game? They could. But that's when you're sitting here on the you know Friday before the, the weekend, no chance you go that way as far as I'm concerned. Everybody wants to look at the talent and see what's there. It has not come together. Same thing with Seattle, right? Like, it's it's possible, but it's not coalescing. And they actually have gotten better, the Bucs, the last couple of weeks. But the Saints are either the best or second best team in the in in the NFC. That's that's the that's it. So I got the I or did I say the Bucks? I'm sorry. The Saints are. Sure, right. So I got the Saints in this game. It's so weird because the Saints have done so many things to engender um skepticism this year even mm. though they've sat here and won 13 games if you count last week's playoff. Well, week. and you know, Breeze being out and everything like that, but when Breeze is back, you can talk to me about all the different things. How old he is? 42 today, I think actually. No. He's Drew Brees, and he runs the offense. For he sure. runs it. And so this is this is an unbelievably good team. The only thing working against New Orleans is they have had their hearts ripped out of their chest in the playoffs no recently. Question. I mean, by the Vikings, by the Rams, like all by the refs. So all all of that is and, is what it is. And if they got their hearts ripped out by 
Tampa. No. By Tom Brady. It, it just wouldn't surprise me. Man. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. But I, 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 if you tell me to pick, I'm taking the Saints. Hey, uh, we're supposed to leave on this little adventure now. Yeah, I know. On, you've been you've been gone Tuesday. from this show almost a month now. I know. Already. And we, well, you know, it's a lot of work to try and sell all your earthly possessions. <laughs> Give all your, your CDs and your shirts to your and friend. Get into your. You know, I was actually pleasantly surprised. All your shirts fit me. I didn't know if they would. Fantastic. Uh, but anyway, the new YouTube channel, and the new Instagram. <laughs> I see now why you got to come in here. <laughs> Shameless promotion. Last now, minute of the show. This is costing you about fifty dollars a second. They haven't been launched yet, but they are up, and we will be adding content very soon and la- doing the official launch. Our story to tell on both. That's the that's the YouTube channel and the Instagram. Our story to tell. So, and you can guess how to spell to tell. You see what we're doing there? Like you yeah. spell it. Like like it's spelled with a capital T O O T E L L T. Got it. Got it. So uh, you know, see me out there in the uh, in the world. We can uh, we can mess around with that. We'll still you know do the Twitter handle at, at Gus Tutel and all that stuff too. But uh, I want to say that here because this is, these are my people here, man. Uh-huh. I, these are my friends and the people that I I, I care about. So you know, I want to I want to see you guys out there on the road and uh, and uh, hang out for a little bit. We're already lobbying for Ryan to take the RV and meet us in Boise in March. So we'll see if that, <laughs> see if that happens. Hey. You don't even need a hotel. i get you a press pass. It'll be great. Great sushi spot. Hey, it was a great week, a super busy week. Had great guest hosts and great guests every single day. Please go check out the podcast if you missed any of it. We'll be back next week. Rally Corcoran joining me on Monday like he always does. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.